Hey everyone, Jim Baker here. Today's episode is the last episode we recorded in Hawaii, and so we feel like this is just a good time to take a break. Over the next couple months, we're going to be working with Brian Swatalski of Swissco.us, who I interviewed in episode number 24, and he's going to help us rebrand and relaunch. So we've got some exciting interviews in the queue, and uh, newer interviews that have been recorded in 2016 have two mics, so the sound quality is much higher. So in the meantime, please share past episodes on Facebook and Twitter, and check out Swissco.us for all your web needs. Thanks again for listening and enjoy the show. Inspiring stories, practical applications. Doing ministry well. Today's podcast is brought to you by audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com/doingministrywell. All right, thank you everyone for checking into another episode of Doing Ministry Well. We are here in Kaimuki. Is this considered Kaimuki? Kaimuki. All right, and uh, we're in the Harbor Church. Is that the name of your church? Harbor mm-hmm. Church is uh, offices, and we're here with Justin White. Justin, thanks so much for being on the show. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah, um, I appreciate that there's AC in here. We've been doing some <laughs> interviews in my living room, and it's getting smoking hot lately, so this AC is definitely a nice change. Um, Justin, I met you at the Gospel Coalition meetings, which have been a real blessing. Uh, the monthly lunches, it's been a really, really good thing just to get that group of pastors together and then just to really focus on the centrality of the gospel, which seems like it should be so core to what we do, mm. but it's easy to get caught up in other things. So it's really a good reminder to be getting back to that core. But um, Justin, just tell us a little bit about uh, yeah who you are and what you're doing right now. Sure. Yeah. Right. Right now, I serve on staff at Harbor Church as the pastor for community and discipleship. And I've been on staff at our church for a little over three years. And I started out in the role of operations, kind of the logistics, event planning, all those things, and kind of built that position a little bit from the ground and then passed it off to another guy that we've raised up to, to be equipped to do those things. And uh, now I'm deep in figuring out the discipleship system and, and how we do community in our church. And it's, it's been challenging, but uh, pretty awesome to think through those things. That's cool. Um, how big is your church? How many people are attending on Sundays? We have about 225, 240, okay. including you know just everyone there. Sure. Uh, we have two services um, here in Kaimuki. And so it's exciting that three years ago, four years ago, when I started coming to Harbor, I think we had about 90. Oh, wow. So we've grown and had to go to the two services, and um, we've just seen God impacting people's lives in incredible ways. That's awesome. So did you start out just coming to this church as a as a parishioner what's the word that they use as a just attending church year yeah i did um i lived in hawaii for five or six years and um was just in the process of, of looking for a, another church and came across harbor through a, a network that i was interested in and started attending and, and loved the focus on the gospel mm. and the core values of the church so i started attending and um Several months later, they were looking to hire somebody to, as they transitioned to two services mm-hmm. and to be in charge of logistics. So um, they tapped me on the shoulder and said, hey, looks like you might be equipped. Nice. Um, mm-hmm. Does your church do all of their hiring from within or is that kind of the model that they use? Yeah, we have so far. Yeah, we have so far. I mean, that's, you know, that, we'd love to see it happen that way. That's the discipleship process mm-hmm. is... Um, equipping those in the church to take on the, the ministry of the word, the ministry of the gospel. So um, we we hope that if we're doing discipleship well, that we'll always be able to 
hire from within. Yeah, that's awesome. What were you doing before uh, working here? I worked in education. I worked at a private Christian school for five years, teaching Bible and man, trying to corral a bunch of middle schoolers. <laughs> it was. Uh, that's why I'm. I have this receding hairline and all these wrinkles. Um, that's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, how long have you been in ministry then? So I've been. Uh, I mean, you know, I consider what I did at the at the school ministry too. So I've, I've ever since I graduated college, um, I just um, reached my eight year mark living in Hawaii, doing ministry here, but specifically ministry in the church. It's been um, almost four years. Mm-hmm. How did you get to Hawaii? Yeah, so I was in uh, school. I went to a Christian college down in Florida, and um, man, I just I got to the point where I, I wanted to go on and get my um, Masters of Divinity mm-hmm. in seminary, but I got to the point where I was a little burnt out of school, mm-hmm. just couldn't take being a student anymore, and I wanted a break. So um, I'd had some cross-cultural experience traveling to China, teaching English, and I found out about an opportunity to teach here in Hawaii um, at a Christian school, but it had open enrollment, so you know there were kids there that weren't going to know anything about Jesus. Right. I thought, man, that'd be an awesome opportunity. So I went from being burned out of school to taking a job at a school. Hmm. And uh, I told them I would I would do one year, maybe two years max. And I ended up loving it here. Hmm. I, I love Hawaii. I consider it my home now. And uh, I'm excited to see how God's going to use me and my wife and, and our church here. Awesome, awesome. Um, let's talk a little bit about what you're currently doing, community and discipleship. Uh, yeah, break that down a little bit for us. What does that look like in the day-to-day? Man, in the day-to-day, so our, our church, um, kind of the heartbeat of our church is 10 community groups that we have. We um, meet throughout the week um, based upon you know the geographic location of our people. So we have groups all the way out um, in Kapolei, Makikilo. We have some in in Kailua. We have several around our church. We had one on the North Shore that actually turned into a church plant. Hmm. And uh, so I'm involved with those groups, um, you know, meeting with the leaders of those groups, trying to, to shepherd them well and equip them to lead their groups. And um, it's it's been amazing. It's been great to hear. I always hear stories of what God's doing in the lives of people within hmm. those groups. So I get to hear all the amazing things and some of the messy things. And um so that, that's been great. The, the discipleship process, just looking at ways our church um, equips you know, people who've come into our church and maybe just come to Jesus, or maybe they have come out of a situation where the teaching hasn't been very good, and so there's some things that need to be corrected, or, or maybe they're just fully equipped and don't know what that next step is in following Jesus. And so just looking at our church's systems and figuring out how are we... Allowing each person wherever they're at to take that next step. Mm, that's cool. And you said those are really just done by region. They're not broken up by age or anything like that. No, no. The only one that is is different than geographic is we have a university community group okay. specifically for university okay. students. But we actually encourage all of those students to be in another group mm. just so they can be involved in other people's lives that aren't in their same life stage. Yeah. And so all those guys go to another community group and are around adults and kids and. That's so cool. it's really good for them. You said your numbers were about 200 and you've got 10 community groups. Does that mean the majority of your people are involved in community groups? You know, I actually, that was my last project, figuring out how many were. And it looks like we have about 60 to 70% wow. involved. That's yeah. awesome. So it's really exciting to see that, you know, we, we've said that for 
for years at our church is that in community group is where discipleship happens. It's where we bear each other's burdens. It's, it's where we remind each other of the gospel constantly. And so you, you need to be involved in that. Mm. Our church isn't about just a Sunday gathering. It's about living life together mm. as we follow Jesus. So yeah. um, it's been cool to see how our people have um, accepted that and, and grown through it. I think a lot of churches probably really struggle to get their church, church members in uh, into small groups. What's been that mm. process of on Sunday mornings, are you guys really pushing for that, or how have you gotten sixty to seventy percent of your people into small groups? Man, some of it is just a constant willingness to evaluate and adapt and change and and see, man, if something's not working. And we're actually going through that now a little bit. We're we're um, gonna take some time and, and just pray and think through and see if we need to restructure how we meet, when we meet as groups, and um, see if we can serve people better, show people Jesus better. So that that's a big part of it, not being locked into one idea. This is how it has to be. Um, the other thing I think is that we're, we're constantly sharing stories. Mm. So here's, here's how, you know, we, we might in front of the whole church say, man, here's how God is using the Kailua community group to strengthen this marriage or, or strengthen this person during this trying time. And, and so as people hear those stories, like, oh, man, I'm, I'm not connected to a community group. And mm. I see how that's an important thing and how I'm going to be reminded of the gospel with other people in the church. God is literally going to use other people in this church to bring me to Jesus mm. throughout the week. Yeah. So... Um, I think people just hear that that's a vital part of our, our walk. Right. Yeah, being intentional about just sharing the successes from the front. Yeah, that's great advertising pretty mm-hmm. much. Um, what's what's the format of those those groups look like? Is it is it different from group to group, or is there a pretty standard format and time limit for those groups? It, it's pretty standard right now, mm-hmm. but that's something we're actually going to be evaluating and see if it can be a little bit more tailored to where each group is at. So typically we just meet once a week mm-hmm. um, in someone's home for two hours and we have a time of just talking with each other, getting to know each other. Um, we have a time in the word and in prayer, a uh, time to confess sin and repent and, and be open and vulnerable with each other. Um, and you know, a lot of times those groups, things will spawn off of them, right? Maybe a little accountability thing or maybe like a, a men's outing or men's activity or something like that and so really those groups also facilitate some smaller meetings where some more intentional discipleship Mm. happens so each group is a little different in how they do things but um, hopefully they'll get more different as they you know look at their people and say here's what would probably be most effective Mm. Um, how are you training and equipping your leaders you mentioned kind of a a time of confession and repenting that seems like that could be a pretty scary thing for (laughs) people to lead and to facilitate. So what's, yeah. what's the training process look like for your leaders? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, they have to do it. Yeah. Um, they, they have to model what that looks like for people. It's not something we naturally do, right? right. We're, right. we're not naturally going to walk into a room and bear our, our sin struggles and, and say how we're struggling to follow Jesus. But when someone you know who's leading the group steps up and says, hey, here, here's a real struggle in my life. Here's how I'm struggling. Here's how I need to repent, and you guys need to hold, hold me accountable. Um, that sort of opens the door to this comfort of saying, man, we're all broken here. Hmm. There, there's no one who's got it figured out that's trying to get us to figure it out. It's just broken people who need Jesus. Hmm. Wow. 
That's good stuff. Um, Justin, in all of your time in ministry, what's been the biggest highlight? Oh, man. Uh, you know, there's, there's lots of, of little amazing victories that you see God do that are, are highlights, you know, maybe weekly. Um, but I think the biggest thing, our church is part of a, a network called the Gospel Coalition Hawaii. And um, we, we serve as just a, a place, a, a, um, a way to unite people, pastors on our island who care about the gospel. You know, there's a lot of other issues that we can really latch on to and say this is the most important thing. But really, we, we see the gospel as the most important thing, hmm. right, that we see throughout scripture. And so that group comes together and we um, support each other, we, we encourage each other, and we decided to put on a conference last year and we had no idea what the turnout would be we, we got some speakers from the mainland john piper don carson are two guys who were influential in the the beginning of the gospel coalition national mm-hmm. and so we convinced those guys to come out we said hey god is doing something in the islands you should come out and be a part of it and so they came and um we had almost 900 people wow. come to that conference and it was the result of about a, a well really three years of planning mm-hmm. and praying for it. And so to see, to just kind of look out and see all these people who were interested in encountering Jesus, mm. they were interested in hearing deeply from the word about who God is and, and who we are and, and how, you know, how we should respond. It, it was just amazing. Mm. It was amazing to see, you know, you, you just don't normally see that many people in a room together right. um, who love Jesus. And so it was really cool. That's cool. Yeah, on the flip side of that, what's been your biggest struggle in ministry, and how do you feel like you've overcome that? Mm. Yeah, man, I think overall the biggest struggle is the grind, the weekly grind of the tasks that you have to do. Mm. The bulletin's got to get done, right? Stairs, or chairs have got to get stacked, um, emails have got to get sent, all those things. And I think that it, it was really difficult for me to see that those are the exact good works that Ephesians 2 says that God has prepared beforehand that I should walk in them. Mm. I tended to view those as things that are just inconsequential and they, they just, they're just kind of fluff. But I've been challenged recently to see that no, those, those are the good works like that. Those actually bring glory to God. Mm. The way a bulletin is set up and presented reflects God. Hmm. The way that we email people and our, our tone and how we relate to people, that, that reflects our relationship with Jesus. Hmm. And so um, it, it was, it's been a huge challenge. It's still a challenge every day sure. in the mundane tasks of changing toner in the printer <laughs> and all those things. But um, I think just the, the constant reminder of those are good, God-glorifying things. Hmm. Um, so that, that's been a challenge, but I'm, I'm growing in it, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, the bulk of the show is just we ask people what are three practical tips that you'd give to our listeners on doing ministry well. Justin, what would those uh, three tips be? Yeah, number one, I would say that um, Jesus is the priority of all of our churches hmm. in all of our ministry. Um, bringing people specifically to Jesus, to an encounter with Jesus through his word. And so, um, you know, kind of like I, I just said with the, that struggle of, I, I would go on Sunday morning and I would see all the things that are wrong. Hmm. I, I would see, oh man, that's not hung right. This isn't positioned correctly. We need to turn that in. But I, I would miss the fact that there were people there encountering Jesus. Hmm. 
And so I think number one, like that, that's the focus. Number two is that anything that we do that's not in the power of the Holy Spirit is going to be for naught, really. I mean, I, I, it's not worth doing. If it, if it doesn't require the Holy Spirit to empower and enable us, um, so, you know, number one, it, it's all about Jesus. Number two, it's all through the power of the Spirit. And really, number three, like, our hearts as we do ministry, God, God cares about our heart. Mm. Um, you know, a great piece of advice that my pastor, I heard him give someone recently, is that he said, you know, God, God probably cares more about your heart as you're doing this thing than how well the thing turns out. Oh, wow. And that... that really impacted me in seeing that, you know, I, I will either be puffed up in pride if I do something well sometimes, or I'll beat myself up if I fall flat on my face. And I, I don't always think about my heart in the process. And so, uh, you know, it, doing, doing ministry well means that we are doing ministry out of an overflow of what God has done in us. And so God cares about our heart. I think those are the three. I mean, it, number one, it's all about Jesus. Number two, it's got to be done in the power of the Spirit. Number three, you know, our, our hearts as we minister and do ministry um, are vitally important to God. Yeah, those are good. Let's unpack these a little bit more. Jesus as the priority. What does that tangibly look like for you and as you're trying to equip your congregation to have Jesus as the priority? Um, what is your ideal end result? What's that look like? Mm, mm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think not just in doing ministry, but in in all the things that our people are doing in their, you know, their families, their relationship with their wives, their kids, their, uh, their workplace. We, we, you know, as Tim Keller says, we're idol factories. Mm. And so we're constantly creating these idols. Mm. Right. And I think that we can even go to church and be plugged into the life of a church and not realize all those idols of our heart that have replaced Jesus. Mm. And so, you know, we, we don't just at, at Harbor, we don't just do a men's retreat to do a men's retreat. We do a men's retreat so that all the, the men coming to that retreat will see Jesus clearly as the, the all sufficient thing that they need in life for joy. Mm. And so what we want out of, out of all of our events is that people walk away saying, Jesus is my joy. Mm not my leisure time, not whether I get to surf this week, that's not going to bring me ultimate joy, Jesus is. And so, you know, all of our events and and activities, we're we're just trying to point people to Jesus. And so, you know, whether we um, accomplish great tasks in these activities, I, I don't know, but if people are walking away saying, I've encountered Jesus and my life has changed as a result, then that's the purpose of Harbor Church. That's good, that's good. Um, and then number two, you talked about just doing things through the power of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. I think that you could say that phrase in different churches and it would, it would mean completely different things. So uh, what is doing things through the power of the Holy Spirit look like for, for you and for Harbor Church? Yeah, that's great. Um, you know, we as a staff, we, we meet a couple times throughout the week and, and we plan, of course, um, but that, that planning is saturated in prayer. Hmm. It's prayer that we say, man, God, we, we don't want to go beyond what you're doing. We, we don't want to get stuck in a rut of not doing what you want us to do. But, you know, we're, we're going to forge forward 
into some scary stuff that we don't feel equipped to do, but you're going to have to equip us through the power of your spirit. And so we believe that the spirit works through the word, the word of God. So um, we read scripture together, we pray together. Um, and, you know, ultimately we, we recognize that it's God working through us to accomplish what he's going to accomplish through our church. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's this constant posture of, of leaning into the spirit, depending on the spirit to give us strength, to give us wisdom, to give us clarity in those tough decisions, um, to reveal God to us as we serve. Um, so it's just a constant recognition that it's not us striving and working. It's God working through us. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. good. You mentioned taking scary steps of faith. What, what do you feel like the biggest, scariest step of faith that, uh, that you've taken personally has been? Oh, man. Um, it, it may have been <laughs> taking, taking the job at this church. So when I, you know, growing up, I was involved in a lot of, um, different organizations that weren't the church. I was in a Christian high school, a Christian college. I, I worked at a Christian ministry that wasn't the church. And, and so I, I honestly, I, I didn't have this robust picture of what the church was, um, I'd never really seen the backside of it. I'd only seen, you know, sitting in a chair. Mm-hmm. And so I, I didn't really, I was kind of nervous about high involvement in church life. And then God just started working and, and changing the way I think, the way, the way I see scripture, that the church is the pillar and buttress of the truth. Mm-hmm. That the church is literally where we encounter God and, and where we support each other. So, you know, taking, leaving my job and deciding to work at a church was probably the biggest leap of faith because I, I just had no idea what I was getting into sure, at all. Sure. Um, and I felt incredibly ill-equipped to do any task in the mm-hmm. church. And so um, there, there was a lot of prayer that went into that, a lot of seeking counsel and, and trusting that it was really God working through me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there, there's this story, I think it's Spurgeon, when, whenever he would get up and preach with every step that he would take, he would say, I believe in the Holy Spirit. I believe in the Holy Spirit. I, every single step, right? Because he knew I, if, it, if this is in my power, it's not going to work, right? I feel like I do that almost every day working <laughs> at the church. Like, man, I've got to believe in the Holy Spirit today. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, and then this last one, just God caring about our heart in the process. Um, that juxtaposition of like pride when we do things well and then totally beating ourselves up. How have you really... What's what's that look like when you're working that out? When you're when you're dealing with your heart, when you're allowing the Holy Spirit, Jesus, to deal with your heart, um, what does that look like for you? Hmm. Oh man, um, you know I've found, and maybe this will just be another practical thing for your listeners. Um, one of the things that we do at Harbor, it's actually a requirement, is that we take one day a month that's called a prayer and planning day. And so it's a day where we would normally come into the office and and do kind of normal work, but we're actually required to not come in, to take a day where we grab our Bible and we take a hike, go up to pillboxes or or go go to a beach, go to a beach where there's not a lot of people, leave our phone, leave our computer, and we just spend time with Jesus. And um, those have been some of the most refreshing days. You know, in those days, it's been those times that God has revealed sin in my heart of how I'm even doing ministry. Hmm. That it's, it's you know, I'm, I'm operating in this kind of level of it's more about me and what I can accomplish than about making Jesus glorious and great. Um, and so, I, you know, I think the way that 
um, I've seen God refresh my heart and renew me is through those long periods of time that I spend with him every month. And there's a daily rhythm of that, right? Mm -hmm. But I think those those days where we can get away and and pray for that, pray, God, this is a day that I I need you to refresh me. Mm. I need you to meet with me and and show me the ways that maybe I'm wandering away from you or um, just minister to me in the process of, of trying to follow you. And those days have been fantastic. If, if, if you don't, if you've never done that, oh, I would highly encourage you. Mm. Just read through one of the gospels that day, pray through some Psalms. Man, it's it's so refreshing. That's awesome. Yeah, I just uh, recently interviewed someone from Crew uh, at UH, and they said that Crew requires that as well. Awesome. So that's pretty, that's, that's pretty cool. cool. Um, yeah, what's been inspiring you lately? Has there been a book or a resource um, that's just setting you on fire lately man re- oh, I'm, I'm in the middle right now of reading Tim Keller's book on prayer that kind of recently came out and I you know I'm, I'm about three three or four chapters in and I can say that I've I've gleaned a ton from it already so I, I don't know yet I'm not finished but um, before that I, I read a book called everyday church by um, I believe um, Tim Chester and Steve Timmis and a really practical book that, that helped me in exactly what I do in community and discipleship at our church. It, they really unpack um, what the, the temperature of the church is today as far as who's coming, uh, who's not. Mm-hmm. They, they have this, these three categories of you know, the churched people who are in church, the unchurched, and then the de-churched. People who have grew, maybe grew up in the church or have come in are now not. Mm. So we, they kind of have a language that we can interact with, but it's this non-church that they've got nothing. Mm. And how do we how do we reach those non-church people and the de-churched people? How do we um, live every day so that Jesus is both seen and, and heard through our lives, communicated clearly to reach those people? Mm. And so it was kind of just a, a look into how we do church so that people in our community, our neighbors, our coworkers, um, people that we haven't met yet, can see Jesus. Mm. Um, really it, uh, practical and challenging everyday church by Tim Chester and Steve Timmis. That's awesome. Um, yeah, besides just books and resources, is there any app or website or blog that you're following that's just <laughs> making life easier, more efficient, making ministry mm. easier for you? Yeah, good question. Um, I mean, as far as that third point that I mentioned about just renewing and refreshing my my own heart, um, if you're doing ministry in Hawaii and you don't live right beside your church, you probably spend a decent chunk of your day in the car, mm-hmm. right? I live in Makakilo. I work in Kaimuki. So I'm rocking like an hour and a half commute <laughs> each way. And uh, there's, this, there's this app put out by Desiring God Ministries. I think it's called the Ask Pastor John app. And uh, basically, John Piper has um, answered about maybe 400 questions now. Wow. People just send in questions, and, and he gets a little time to think through it, and he gives answers. And these questions are things that are, have always been swirling around in my mind. Mm. And like maybe even some of them, I don't have the, maybe the guts to even go up and ask somebody that I sure. think has the answer. But now, I mean, I'm, I'm free to, hey, somebody else is asking <laughs> yeah. it, and I can just listen. you right, know. Right. And he gives such thoughtful, insightful um, answers to these questions, driving us constantly to see what scripture says. Mm-hmm. And some of them have to do with just practical ministry, mm-hmm. like how, how we shepherd people, how we counsel people, um, how we get things done. 
Um, so it, that's been a great app. They're just maybe six, seven minute sound bites mm. of him answering kind of a tough question. Mm, that's so awesome. the Ask Pastor John app um, through Desiring God Ministries. Well, yeah, I really appreciated your time. You've really hit on some good stuff and gave us some good stuff to look into. Um, would you just close us out by praying for our listeners? Absolutely. Thank you. Father, we are grateful to be called by you and be used by you. God, we know that we haven't done anything to deserve that at all. And that if, if we're followers of Jesus, you are using us. You're using us, whether we serve in full-time ministry or re- whether we are uh, in a marriage relationship or in friendships, um, you are using us to make you known. And so we thank you, God, that you're using um, each person that, that's listening to this, that you're working in their lives. Um, I pray that you would use this podcast, use your word, use other people as influencers to encourage those who are serving you. Um, I pray that we would be refreshed in who Jesus is and what he's done to reconcile us to you. And uh, pray that we would get things done like bulletins and, and slideshows and all of that for your glory. I thank you that you've prepared those good works for us to walk in. We praise you for Jesus. We pray it in his name. Amen. Amen. Justin, thank you so much for being on the show. Absolutely. Thank you. If you've enjoyed this episode of Doing Ministry Well, you can help us out by rating, commenting, and subscribing on iTunes and sharing this podcast with your friends. Check out the podcast notes to find out more about today's guests and other resources mentioned on this episode. To find out more about Doing Ministry Well, check out our website, www.doingministrywell.com. And if you have any questions, comments, or suggestion on who we should interview next, email us at doingministrywell at gmail.com. To find out more about me, your host, visit my blog at www.jimjessbaker.com. That's www.jimjessasinjessicabaker.com. All links are Amazon affiliate links and help us out when you make a purchase through them.